It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it! Breaking away, Garrett Wilson! Wilson, a big play downfield! Allen, tripped up! He could not get past Jermaine Johnson! Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall! He's done it again! Brees Lightning! 62 yards for the touchdown! And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams! What a beast! Number 95 for the Jets! Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we're going to break down the All-22 of Quentin Jefferson, who joins the Jets as one of two of their newest defensive linemen. The other is Al Woods, the big run stuffer. We talked about him in a previous podcast today. It'll be Quentin Jefferson. Two guys are former teammates in Seattle. They join back up here with the New York Jets. The Thunder from down under, Luke Grant, who does all the All-22 breakdowns on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet, is here to help us break it all down. Luke, what's up, brother? I'm doing well, Scott. Another day, another breakdown on a Seattle or former Seattle defensive lineman. More depth for the Jets. So I'm uh, I'm excited to talk about Quinton Jefferson. I heard your pod uh, earlier in the week talking about his background and he and Al Woods. And uh, let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to start with how Jefferson and Woods complement each other. Before we get into everything else, Woods is a really efficient run stopper. He's better than people give him credit for it, rushing the passer, but that's not his primary role. It's not what he's best at. Quint Jefferson is the opposite. Not really going to give you a ton stuffing the run, but he's a really strong pass rusher. Before we get into the details of that, though, talk about how those two did well together in Seattle and how you expect the same type of dynamic with the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, they weren't on the field together a ton, but that also doesn't mean they didn't complement each other and the yin and yang kind of in that mm-hmm. Seattle defensive line. Yep. Woods was on the field a lot on early downs, obvious running situations, either he or Puna were in the middle, that big body, two gapping, uh, chewing up blocks so that they could be uh, aggressive with their other defensive linemen shooting gaps. That was very effective in that Pete's, uh, Pete, uh, sorry, that Pete Carroll Seattle scheme. And then Jefferson on the field a lot on third downs, uh, a rotational rusher who was able to then just let his hair down, let loose and be aggressive. Uh, They are very different players, but they're two very big needs for the Jets. Obviously, we mentioned with the Al Woods podcast that the Jets really haven't filled that need since maybe Foley Fatukasi. And then it's a very natural fit for Quinton Jefferson to now slide into that Sheldon Rankins role. So the Jets have killed two birds with one stone on the uh, Seattle defensive line. And I think those two do work perfectly together. They just may not be on the field together a lot because usually Quinton Williams will be the other guy out there. Let's talk about Quentin Williams and how he would play with Quentin Jefferson. Now, as you said, Al Woods and Quentin Jefferson complemented each other very well despite not being on the field together, and that was by design. But I think they are going to design it where Quentin Jefferson and Quentin Williams will be on the field together. How do you think that would work? Yeah, for sure. One thing I'll say beforehand is I don't think Quentin Jefferson is going to 
play as many snaps as Sheldon Rankins because he does have that deficiency against the run, maybe even more so than Sheldon did. So I think you're going to get JFM in there early downs. But Jefferson, when he's on the field, he had his most success in Seattle from a three or a five tech. Quinn and Williams is obviously a three technique. We understand that. But in obvious passing situations, he was dominant in 2022 when he was kicked inside to a one technique or a zero because you just can't ask a guard or a center to take him one-on-one in space. So when he's in tight on third downs, passing situations, Quinn and Williams is an absolute beast. That allows Jefferson to then play his natural three tech spot. Excuse me. Conversely, against the run, you'll see Quinnen in that three-tech spot rather than inside because you'll have a big body like Al Woods. So I think that naturally, on those passing downs, Jefferson will play a lot of three-technique. That will allow Quinnen to do what he does well, but also get the most and maximize Quinton Jefferson's skill set too. So they are reversible, and they're both similar body types. They have similar skill sets, but they can easily play together, and you're going to see that a lot on passing downs. When you talk about skill sets, let's get into that a little bit more, Luke. And we'll begin with the pass rushing. This is what he was really known for in Seattle and his other stops. When Corbin Smith from Sports Illustrated and Locked On Seahawks came on the show, he talked about what an efficient pass rusher Quentin Jefferson was, considering the number of snaps that he was on the field and that he's an interior player. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because his pressure rates were really good. Yeah, they were. Impressive pressure numbers from Quentin Jefferson. I was impressed with the variety of ways he won in 2022 with Seattle. Even with Oakland, or sorry, Las Vegas now, the year prior in 2021, there was just a whole lot of different ways. And it wasn't just necessarily pass rush moves, but intelligence, football IQ. Um, he had you know, some great rip moves, swim moves, especially the year prior. But last year, there was a lot of these things like they go unnoticed by a lot of fans. There was a pass rush move against the Cardinals where he was running the lead for a stunt. And most of the time, that guy just kind of gets an assist, I guess you could say, to the coaches. It doesn't really stand out to the casual fan. But he actually managed to bully the center to absorb a double team, split it, and then get the sack as well. That was an incredible play. He had a sack against the Jets where he didn't win initially off the rush, but did a nice job staying with it, implemented a spin move, and came back with um, the sack on Mike White. That was a nice job of stacking moves together. He also had some quick wins against the Atlanta Falcons. There's a really good rep against Mariota where he feels and identifies the play-action fake. He manages to shoot the gap against a full line slide from the offensive line, and then he takes down Mariota there was just a whole lot of ways he won and that's impressive when as you said he didn't play a whole lot of snaps so was Quinton Jefferson a guy who pinned his ears back won quickly and was super impressive all year not necessarily but I kind of like the diversity of his game and that really impressed me when it came to Jefferson the pass rusher in 2022 so overall I thought he had a really diverse skill set he has some nice initial quickness and burst he can take a read step He can uh, diagnose what the offensive lineman is doing. So it's all of those little traits that make him really successful. Can you talk a little bit more about how he wins, the variety of different moves, and how he uses his technique to get to the quarterback? Yeah, there's some examples of him using speed to power. So that's effectively a bull rush where he can go through the chest. That is because of his explosive first step. He's really quick to get out of his stance and he can win at the point of attack with length. He did that a couple of times against the Cardinals in the game I mentioned earlier. I saw a couple against the Falcons, so he definitely has that in his bag. But he also likes to one-gap penetrate, get you know skinny in the hole. It's something I talk about a lot. You'll see him go for a club swim move. There were three or four times I saw some really nice swim moves from Jefferson. 
whether it was with Las Vegas or with the Seahawks last season. Um, so he has that hand utilization as well, because that's really important. I like a pass rusher, especially on the interior, who isn't just winning with brute power because guards can handle that in the NFL. You want someone who can implement a pass rush plan and be effective with their hand fighting and utilization. He definitely has that. He's not Quinn and Williams, but he definitely has enough to fill that Sheldon Rankins role that I mentioned at the top of the podcast. So I'd say they're the primary way that he wins um, with speed, get off speed to power, and then his ability to use his hands, particularly the club swim uh, and the rip around the corner, uh, has pretty nice flexibility through his hips and lower body for a bigger 300-pound guy. So all in all, I think he's got a a really nice uh, set uh, of skills and, and something that's going to play well here in this Jets defensive line. As far as his run defense, I'd say it's not exactly the best. Can you talk about why? Yeah, it's ugly. Look, there was a couple of times I was watching it. The Atlanta game really stood out to me, Scott. Obviously, the Falcons run the ball extremely efficiently. They ran the ball more than any team in 2022. They had Mariota. They had Patterson. They had uh, Algier, the kid out of BYU. They were great at it. I put on the film, went, this would be a good test to see how Quentin Jefferson does. It reminded me a lot of the 49ers games in the playoffs where teams were just absolutely peppering some of their interior linemen and they couldn't hold up. That's how I felt about Jefferson. There were times when Jake Matthews one-on-one from the left tackle spot was taking him for a ride on outside zone and Jefferson was getting flushed five, eight yards back from the line of scrimmage and strung along from east to west as well, just gaping holes. Overall, there was an inability to eat up double teams. So if there was a concept like duo, where you're going to double team both of the tackles and try and find a hole on either side of those and read it out if you're the running back, I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, sorry, I think he did quite a poor job, excuse me, of um, withholding that, of keeping his anchor and of being stout at the point of attack. That's just not something that was part of Jefferson's game. That's what let him down the most. He was just moved far too easily. And if you can cause displacement at the line of scrimmage, especially in these zone looks, it makes it so easy for the running back. And uh, and there were too many times. There was another example against the Saints where he was just mauled, a couple against the Panthers too. So I just don't like how easy it is to move Jefferson in the running game. And the Jets are going to have to be careful. The good news is they are really good and efficient at choosing their spots for situational pass rushes. Bryce Huff, for example, played, I want to say it was just over 200 snaps last season, right? Only 15 of those, Scott, were were, um, running situations. The rest were all as a pass rusher. The Jets coaching staff will use Jefferson similarly. I think he'll be on the field a bit more than that, maybe 300 to 350 snaps. But they're going to have to be careful where they allocate that because he just couldn't hold up at the point of attack. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Luke, you just touched on something that I want to dig into a little bit more. The Jets know that Quentin Jefferson comes here with strengths and weaknesses, and they're going to have to do everything they can to accentuate his positives and downplay his negatives. They did a good job of that with Bryce Huff by playing around with his snap counts and being very mindful of the situation. Precisely how do you think Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich are going to accomplish this with Quentin Jefferson? I think a lot of it, Scott, comes back to what I said a little earlier, that John Franklin Myers is going to play more inside. I think you're going to see more Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens on early downs with Will McDonald and Carl um, Lawson on the outside. That allows JFM to slide inside. That means if the Jets aren't really sure if it's a run or a pass, you have that flexibility of having JFM on the field who can do both at a high level, even from the inside. That means Jefferson can be more the situational guy. So as I said, if it's third and 10, 
and you know it, it's going to be a pass coming. They're down in the game because Aaron Rodgers has got us in front. We're playing with the lead. They're going to be running, uh, sorry, throwing the football. That's when Jefferson is really going to be utilized a lot. That's how I see it. Look, I could be, could be completely wrong. He could be the starting um, one or three tech next to Quinn and Williams like Sheldon Rankins was. That that could be it. I just don't think or envision that's how Robert Sala is going to utilize him. Um, so I, I would see him in more sub-package situations like we did with Bryce Huff. I see him playing around 300 snaps, and that is perfect. Scott, this isn't a quarterback, a cornerback, or a position that has to be on the field every single snap and do everything at a high level or else their you know, value and stock just plummets. A position like pass rusher, wide receiver, running back, they can have a very specific skill set, but be used as a complementary piece with other players. That's why this works well. You've got Quinn and Williams, who's your superstar player, defensive player of the year candidate who can do everything. And you want to supplement him with a run stuffer, Al Woods, another situational pass rusher, Jefferson, another Swiss army knife in John Franklin Myers. That's what the Jets have created. And I think Jefferson's going to be a really important part of that. Luke, earlier you mentioned how Quentin Jefferson is essentially the replacement for Sheldon Rankins. Now, they're not exactly alike, but close enough that he replicates a significant part of Sheldon Rankins' skill set. And we talked about how Al Woods, a year too late, of course, is the replacement for Foley Fadakasi that the Jets didn't get after Fadakasi left for Jacksonville. Can you talk a little bit more in depth about the Sheldon Rankins, Quentin Jefferson comparison and how their roles are going to be interchangeable to a degree? Yeah, for sure. I think from a skill set, body composition, strength and weakness perspective, they are really similar players. They are. Sheldon Rankins was a guy who's always been very good at getting after the passer, uh, plays with his hair on fire, has some really nice spin moves dating all the way back to his time in New Orleans, um, can obviously utilize things like his rip, his swim, his club, uh, has a very nice bag of pass rush moves. That obviously replicates what we've talked about with Jefferson. The knock on Sheldon Rankins and the reason for a lot of his career that he wasn't a three-down player was because of his ability to stop the run. Now, he played quite a bit on first and second down for the Jets, um, kind of because of necessity. As you mentioned, they didn't have that Foley Fatakazi, Snacks Harrison type player on the inside to be the rotation for him. So almost for the entirety of last season, you saw an offensive line, sorry, a defensive line on early downs of John Franklin Myers, Quinnen Williams, Sheldon Rankins, and Carl Lawson. And that unit played together exclusively. I think that changes. And it's for the reasons I said with Jefferson and Woods now here, they're both kind of starters per se, just with very different skill sets. So that allows you to interchange them. Um, but yeah, I mean, effectively, you've got a player in Sheldon Rankins who was never strong at stopping the run. Um, and, and that's what kind of frustrates me of watching the Quinton Jefferson film is there are times when I saw him be very effective. There was a rep against the Saints and Ryan Ramchek, who is a Pro Bowl caliber tackle, and he just he took his lunch. He was fantastic standing him up. He two-gapped, he bench-pressed, he disengaged, and then he absorbed the contact uh, from a double team coming across the formation and managed to get to the running back Alvin Kamara. There are examples that say he can do it, and it was the same with Sheldon Rankins. There was just so many reps in between that were – where they were ineffective, I guess, for lack of a better word. And, and that's kind of why they're such similar players. Luke, how do you see having a guy like Quentin Jefferson up front with Quentin Williams and having two really good pass rushers on the interior affecting the edge rushers, guys like Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, and of course, Will McDonald? How much do you think it'll open things up for them? 
it's going to open it up a ton for a couple of reasons. Number one, Quinn and Williams is going to have a million double teams and you can't just switch on from off from Jefferson either. So if they want to go one-on-one with the guards and then use the center as that help blocker, like you see a lot in the NFL, they have that ability to do so. That means you're going to get a lot of one-on-ones or chips from the outside with a McDonald or a Lawson. But the other thing is if you're getting interior penetration, what it means is the quarterback can't step up. So by nature, it's going to be so much easier to turn the corner because the quarterback the quarterback is deeper into the backfield. So you don't have to turn as sharply, flatten around the edge and get six or seven yards. You can end up 10 yards into the backfield and Carl Lawson can run into a sack. That's why I feel like even though he didn't have a great season by the eye test, Carl Lawson had seven sacks last year. He could easily have eight or nine sacks this year. McDonald could have four or five to start the season quickly. That it's so much easier for a pass rusher, sorry, for an edge rusher when they have that interior rush because the quarterback can't step up. So they're the primary reasons. You get less focus, less double teams, and you also don't have to travel as shallow into the backfield to get to the quarterback. Anything else about Quentin Jefferson that we haven't hit on yet that you think is worth talking about? Just scheme familiarity, Scott. Um, the fact that he's played, I touched on a little bit at the start, but in this Seattle scheme, which is obviously where... Robert Sulla cut his teeth with the Jags, with Seattle, and this cover three, four, three front. So um, it's exciting when you get players who won't have to have that uh, period of um, kind of learning and and getting accustomed and acclimatized to the defense. He's going to be ready to come in and play with his hair on fire. That is very important for the Jets when you look at the start of their schedule. Like that is that is crucial because we have got a tough slate of games off the bat. So I like that. Um, I like the fact that he already has familiarity with Al Woods. He's part of a D-line that has a ton of talent. And I'm pretty excited to watch this group go to work, Scott, because I think for the first time in a long time, the Jets have the potential to have a top two or three defensive line in the country. Do you think that scheme familiarity played a role in the Jets pursuing both Quentin Jefferson and Al Woods? Because I talked about this when Corbin Smith was on the show. Feels like Pete Carroll sort of being the godfather of this type of system might have attracted the Jets to both Woods and Jefferson. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Brett Coleman did a video kind of talking about how the Tampa 2 defense evolved into this cover three shell and Pete Carroll was was part of that movement. Um, I think it's definitely a factor for the Jets. You want guys who can come in and play quickly. And to be able to play quickly, you need to have an understanding of what you're doing and not be thinking while you're playing. So that's going to allow Jefferson to do so. It's going to allow Al Woods to do so. Have a look back to their last um, free agency. They had... Um, Whitehead come in. Then they got also brought in DJ Reed on the outside, who has familiarity with the scheme in Seattle. It seems to be a real trend for Robert Sala with these defensive free agents. He wants guys who know his system or a variation of his system, and Seattle is the perfect landing place. Uh, coming from there to, to New York just makes complete sense. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under, thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the All-22 of the Jets' latest defensive lineman edition. Quentin Jefferson, who they brought in from the Seattle Seahawks, one of two guys that they brought in from the Seahawks. The other, of course, Al Woods, who we talked about in a previous podcast. And you've got a video of Al Woods up on our channel, in addition to the one on Quentin Jefferson. Appreciate you coming on and talking all about what Quentin Jefferson will bring to the New York Jets defense in 2023. For those that want to watch your full All-22 breakdown, your All-22 breakdown of Al Woods, and everything else that we've got up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet go ahead and let them know what they've got in store for them when they check out our channel and of course what we've got over at our store at t public that's tee public.com 
Yeah, the T Public stuff is awesome. We sell merch over there with really cool designs. Speaking of the defensive line and Jefferson, have a really cool shirt up um, with Quinton Williams and also John Franklin Myers. It's the Bless You, Thank You range. Uh, nice design uh, that Alex, my partner, put together. You've then got some Play Like a Jet logo merch, which is fantastic because it's not just a shirt. You can use the logo and the design however you want. You can put it on a shirt. You can put it on a laptop, stickers, hats, anything you want. So kind of the world is your oyster. And then over on the YouTube channel, look, there's going to be a breakdown on nearly every single Jets free agent, draft pick, anyone you can imagine. I might draw the line at punter if they bring in the punt god. But other than that, you can go and find 10-minute breakdowns on every single guy. I've got a series running on Aaron Rodgers. Some new videos are coming, kind of looking at some storytelling and asking whether we think the Miami Dolphins are going to be a threat in the AFC East. They're all five to 10 minutes. Check it out. Subscribe. We've got content almost every single day. So make sure you don't miss out. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store over at tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. As Luke said, lots of great stuff there, including the Quinton Williams, John Franklin Myers, bless you, thank you shirt, along with the play like a jet logo shirt. Plus, you can get caps, mugs, hoodies. All of it's there, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.